two women in a hotel room discover a bug that leads to something even more disgusting. And then we take a look at the story of gang stalking, something we've covered a couple times on this show. Sometimes you're stalked by total strangers. Sometimes you're stalked by your neighbors. But today we meet a man who was gang stalked by his own family. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. The art for this episode, that is the Patreon supporter sticker that I've been sending out this whole time. Carpenter Copter Pilot. It's made to look like a military badge. And then at the bottom, I can't really pronounce it. I should be able to. Um, it's Basque. It's um, Basque. Ziminok as Dira Existence. Something like that. It means monkeys do not exist at the bottom of this badge. I had wanted to do Latin because I was thinking like, you know, they have those military badges, but you cannot get a really good translation of monkeys don't exist in Latin. But Basque actually was able to capture it perfectly. So if you want a Patreon supporter sticker, you support the Patreon, we'll send them out. And for you existing, because I still have a ton of stickers to give out, guys. For you existing Patreon people who have not sent me your address, Send me your address. I'll send one out. I've sent them out all over the world. I've sent some out to the Russian Federation, Brazil, uh, France, Canada, and a lot of places in the United States as well. So if you guys are a supporter of the show, that's the sticker that we've been sending out. It's really cool. I have it on all my stuff. And I'm getting pictures from people showing me where they put their stickers. So that is the sticker. That's what we've been talking about this whole time. If you want one of those, just support the Patreon. Speaking of which... Let's give a shout out to one of our legacy Patreons, Tressa. Tressa, thank you so much for continuing to support the show. She's been supporting it for a long time. You're going to be our captain or pilot this episode. If you can't support the Patreon, I totally understand. Just help get the word out about the show. That really, really helps out a lot. Tressa, let's go ahead and get started here. We have a great, I think, combination of stories because we're going to take a look at stalking in general. And we're going to look at a real story and then a story that... (laughs) sounds absolutely insane. But let's start off with our story. I think this is a good combination. Tressa, let's hop in that Jason Jalopy. We are leaving behind Oregon. We're headed out to Key West, Florida. Hope everyone brought their swim trunks and bikinis or whatever you wear. And we're out there. It's July 15th, 2020. Now, two women are having a good time at the beach. And they go, we're done with that. (laughs) That that got boring. Beaches are boring, really. Beaches are pretty boring. And they realize that. They had a little bit a little bit of self-awareness, and they go, what? This is lame. So they go back to their hotel room, and at this point, they're getting undressed, and we don't have the names of these girls. This is actually, like, in court documents. We don't have the names of these girls. I'm going to call them Allison, she's 24, and Michaela, she's 27. If those are their real names, it's a total shot in the dark, but Allison and Michaela come back from the beach. Michaela goes, I have tiny seashells in my vagina. That's an actual quote, by the way. It's not a joke. I didn't make that up. She goes, I have tiny seashells in my vagina. And she goes to take a shower. Now, Allison, the other girl in the hotel, is like, oh, that's kind of weird. She didn't have to say that so loud. Also, I don't think it's true. I don't think she has tiny seashells in her vagina. Unless it turns out that Michaela is actually one of the old ones that I've been partying with Cthulhu this whole time. But while her friend is washing out cosmic horror, Allison decides to take a couple sexy pictures for her boyfriend. And while she's like, click, click, oh, this one's super sexy, click, 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 she sees 
a bug run across the floor behind her. <gasps> she gasps. And then she goes back to taking pictures of herself. Click, click, click. She didn't think it was weird. She obviously thought it was weird because it seemed sizable and it definitely caught her attention. But she goes back to taking pictures. At this point, Michaela gets out of the showers. Her vagina is seashell free. She gets out of the shower and she immediately, I don't understand how Allison missed this. Michaela jumps out of the shower and immediately goes, is that a camera? And Allison turns around and the bug she had previously seen was actually like a foot long cable with a little camera on the end of it. And when Michaela screams out, is that a camera? It zips underneath the door. Now, I should have set this up, or I should have set this part up earlier. In in hotel rooms, most of the time, they'll have adjoining hotel rooms. So you have a hotel room, then you have a door connecting it to the hotel room next to it. Which I always thought was weird, right? Because I don't want some lunatic, I don't want to get a hotel room and some lunatic next door has a key into my room. I've never understood that. I get it, so you can open up the hotel and have, you know, a big party, or if your kids are in one room and the parents are in another room, they can open it up. It's kind of like having a bigger hotel. I get that, but super crazy. So that hotel, it wasn't coming out from the hallway. It was the hotel room next to theirs. There's a cable that popped up into their room, had a little camera on the end of it. Allison clearly saw something, turned around and goes, oh, I guess it's just a bug. (laughs) As there's like a beeping red light, beep, beep, beep. But maybe it zipped back under the door and then poked back out. I don't know. But when Michaela came out of the shower, she goes, oh my God, is that a camera? And it zipped back into the other room. And then they hear the door slam in the room next to them. So they call hotel security. Hotel security calls the police. And at this point, the police show up, knock on the hotel room next door. And then we meet a man named Robert Privet. He's 49 years old. He's not a business trip. He's a government contractor. He's doing nothing wrong. He tells the police, he goes, listen, I'll tell you exactly what happened here. I'm sitting here minding my own business. And I heard of someone in the next room said they had tiny seashells in their vagina. Now, I've read a lot of H.P. Lovecraft into my time, officers. And I knew that meant that soon Cthulhu was going to arise. So I just left. I was afraid of the cosmic insanity that would ensue if I caught a glimpse. Just a glimpse. Of the darkness. And the cops are like, what? The cops are like, I guess. You may have heard her say that. That's fine. And it is weird. But we don't believe believe that you just happen to get up and leave your room because of that. So can we search your room? And he goes, no. You can't search my room. And they go, okay, well, we're going to go get a search warrant. And then Robert goes, okay, you can search my room. And when they did, they found recording equipment. They found like the little camera and his phone. He had hid a hard drive and things like that. What had happened was he's been doing this. He admitted to doing this at least 10 times in the past year of recording women in their rooms. He said he was in his room and he did hear the woman proclaim, I have tiny seashells in my vagina. The urge was, uh, and the urge was so great that he had, he had to see, right? He had to see what was going on, but he was being pervert. Apparently he'd been doing this. I should say allegedly now, because this is still ongoing. He did make this confession to the police, but. He said he'd been doing this at least 10 times the year before. What I thought was funny, so that's obviously sucks, right? Your privacy is invaded, little creepy cameras coming underneath. What I thought was so funny is there's basically, when you read the police report, Allison goes, yeah, I was standing in the room. Michaela says that she had tiny seashells in her vagina and went to take a shower and then tells her side of the story. When they talk to Robert, they go, so what happened? He goes, well, I was in my hotel room. Yeah, I'm a pervert. Allegedly, I've done this before. But I was in my hotel room and I heard Michaela go, 
I have tiny seashells in my vagina, so I put the camera underneath the door because I figured I'm going to see something, right? At the very least, a tiny seashell. When Michaela's part of the police report, she's like, I came into the room and I took a shower. She did not touch that. She left that part out. The other two people are like, oh, yeah, no, that's like a key part of the story. And Michaela's like, what? What are you talking about? What? I never, I would never say that as her eyes shift side to side. As a little mollusk on her shoulders, eyes are shifting side to side. It was so funny because in her her police report, I was just minding my own business, reading a copy of Anne Green Gables and decided to take a shower. Um, Also, here's a little tidbit. I read this police report on Smoking Gun and they blocked out the people's names until the last page. (laughs) The last page had these women's real last names. So Smoking Gun, you might want to fix that before you face a lawsuit. But that's a true case of stalking, right? Like it wasn't a systematic thing. Like when we think of stalking, it's, I think there's actually a legal definition of stalking is there has to be a sustained process of it. But it's still a crime, obviously. You can't be sticking cameras underneath people's doors. Cthulhu appearing in this realm or not, still can't do that. You might get a sympathetic jury if he did save the world, but he didn't save the world. He just wanted to look at some naked chicks. But I think it's interesting for the story we're going to go into, because a lot of times people who are gang-stalked say, well, this does happen, and they'll point to real-life incidents of people being stalked by uh, the government or by criminal organizations there obviously there is a thing known as gang stalking and gangs do it you owe someone money you're gonna have guys looking for you right if you commit a crime you're gonna have the government looking for you or if the government thinks you're up to no good or you're up to good but the government wants to stop it whatever layer you're on that's not what's in debate about gang stalking. The question is whether you're being gang stalked, right? And the weird stuff that goes on. I got a YouTube comment the other day. It's a very interesting question. No one's ever asked me this before as far as doing this show. People have asked me about what conspiracies I believe in. But I got this comment from John F. Kennedy, 1963, November 22nd. And he asked, if I had to give an estimate, How much of my conspiracy stories uh, that I report on my channel do I believe are 100% real? I thought that was an interesting question. No one's asked me that before as far as like total numbers go. And I answered, conspiracy theories, 10%. And to be fair, let me elaborate on that. That was the answer I gave him. Let me elaborate on that. I personally pick out obscure and goofy and super weird conspiracy theories. If I covered stuff like Project Paperclip, MKUltra, Project Mockingbird. If I covered stuff like that, it it would be higher. I find those conspiracy... I think those conspiracy theories are true. I just think they're boring. That the CIA is manipulating the media to get a message across? Of course. Yeah. 100%. 100%. They, They would be dumb not to do that. It's not what you think of when you think of freedom of speech and stuff like that, but every government does it. I'm not saying it's necessarily a good thing, but I would be shocked if there was a government who just let the media do what they wanted. I think that's just a boring conspiracy theory. I like to, I'd much rather talk about monkeys don't exist, which is fun, which is a fun conspiracy theory, or buildings are evil. Uh, I think that one's more fascinating. A lot of stuff on the conspiracy theory iceberg. I, there's a lot of conspiracy theories I believe in. I just don't think they're super exciting to talk about, or they're incredibly well-known. The Tuskegee experiments, right? This horrible thing. There's no debate that it happened, right? It's a horrible story. It's super well-known. So I try to cover more obscure stuff. That stilts it. That's why I'd say it's at 10%, because I 
tend to cover conspiracy theories that are goofy or wacky or weird. But I also went on to talk to John. I said, as far as paranormal stuff, like UFOs, I'd say it's probably 60. And I, honestly, I'm going to make it high. I'd probably say 70% of the ghost stories, UFO stories, stuff like that, I believe are actually real in some fashion or another. The cryptid stories, I don't really believe in. Like the, the headless flaming mule woman of Brazil, I don't actually think that exists. I think it's an interesting idea. And I like how it's constructed. To me, it's not always about believing in the story. I don't believe in Star Trek, but I could watch four or five hours of Star Trek a day. I could just watch Deep Space Nine, Voyager, whatever. That's, I'd be totally fine, but I don't believe in it. I think the stories are entertaining and they tell us a little bit about ourselves and the human condition and stuff like that. I don't believe in Spider-Man. To me, it's not, you don't have to believe it to enjoy it. But I thought just thought that was an interesting question and I wanted to share those answers with you. The paranormal stuff, the UFO, alien, ghost stuff like that, demons, I, I would say most of that stuff, the majority of that stuff, I either believe is true or find highly plausible. Stories about people driving in the middle of nowhere, getting abducted by alien, having some weird event. That happened on some sense. I don't think they're completely making it up. The conspiracy theories, I think a lot of times people are just making it up. Or they're just looking at the facts wrong. When kids are fighting off an alien invasion in Casablanca, I don't think a bunch of kids got together and made up that story. Something happened there. What it was, I don't know. Was it aliens, ghosts, with mass hallucination? I don't know. But I actually believe something happened there on some level. Monkeys don't exist, which is one of my favorite conspiracy theories. And that's why I have it printed on that sticker. It's just a, a mis, misrepresentation of basic facts. It's an observable thing that's being observed wrong. Um, so I don't believe in that, but I love reporting on it and stuff like that. So that's that's the answer to that question. I just thought I'd share that with you. Because going into this next one here, it's the same thing. That first story, two women were observed by a stranger. That was a real event. When we look at gang stalking, what they tend to do is they take real events and misinterpret them. I believe that people, I believe there are people who get gang stalked. I believe that there are people who, someone's looking for them. Whether it's because they owe money or they're trying to be silenced or something like that. But you can tend to look at someone and go, oh, that person pissed off the wrong people. They're being silenced. That's not what we're talking about when we're talking about gang stalking. We're talking about incidents like this. This was actually sent to me by AZ via Gmail, so I appreciate that. Tressa, let's hop in that carpenter copter. We are headed out to suburbia. We're flying over this average little suburb in the middle of an average state. We land. It's just the same house, the same yard. You know what? To me, honestly, that's dope. Like, I'm totally fine with cookie-cutter houses. I love them, but some people hate them. We're there, though. We're there. AZ recently sent me the Reddit... He goes, hey, man, I heard you got a lot of subreddits. You like talking about meth subreddits. There's a gang stalking subreddit. And I was like, oh. <laughs> he sent it to me like at one in the morning. I was like, ah, oh, check this one out. So thank you, AZ. Really appreciate it. I, this is one of the first things I stumbled across. I'm now a member of the gang stalking subreddit. Um, but a lot of it is just news articles, see? A lot of it is, here's this article about this program that does this. Here's this news article about this guy who was caught spying on these people. So a lot of the subreddit is that. And then we get stories like this. We're walking around suburbia. Me, you, Tressa. We're going to meet a young man. Let's call... And I, I do not know his real name, so I'm going to take a shot in the dark. Let's call him Xyler. 
Because I, if I get his name right, <laughs> if I get his name right, then it definitely, he's going to totally confirm all this. So we're calling him Zyler. So Zyler is in an unfortunate circumstance because most gang stalkers, they think that their uh, mailman stalking them because, you know, mailman comes here. I mean, it's so crazy. The mailman comes to your house once a day, right? So he's stalking you. Thinks that the mailman stalking him, bus driver, you know, get on the same bus. The bus happens to always know where you're at stalking you. But this guy, Zyler, is in an unfortunate predicament because not only are his neighbors gang-stalking him, his family is gang-stalking him. Zyler waves to us in his front yard, and we're like, should we go in? That's, that's why we're here. We're part of the story. Zyler invites us into his house, and he goes, listen, guys, I know you guys don't believe in the whole gang-stalking thing. I was actually listening to your podcast. <laughs> I was listening to your podcast as it was being recorded with my secret listening device. Gang stalk. You didn't know this, but people being gang stalked actually gang stalk themselves. So I have listening devices in your house, Jason. But you got to understand, I know the truth. Here's one of his quotes from his Reddit post here. The only reason I think I'm being gang stalked is because they fear who I truly am. I know this is spiritual warfare. And he pauses. <laughs> he pauses for dramatic effect. We all look at each other. We're like, uh-oh, where's this going? And... I am a multi-dimensional being incarnated into a third-dimensional vessel. We're like, oh, great. So again, we're already outside of the average, I owe the Bloods $50,000. I think I'm being gang-stalked. We'd be like, dude, not only are you being gang-stalked, we're leaving. Good luck. We're out. This guy is, Zyler here, is a multidimensional being. He knows that as a fact. He also, you shouldn't be any surprise to you, we learn later on, smokes a lot of weed. I mean, I don't smoke any weed, so really any amount is a lot of weed, but he does smoke weed, and he's, which, fine, that's fine. He says that when he smokes it, it opens up his third eye a lot. So, I mean, I don't know what type of cush you're smoking, but it's more than a few puffs before your third eye even wakes up so i'm that's why i will assume this guy smokes copious amounts of marijuana anyways he's a multidimensional being and probably does take him a lot to get high so we're walking around this dude's house and he's like listen i'm being gang stalked by my family like my brother my mom my dad even my sister they're all in on it they're all in on it which would suck right again owing fifty thousand dollars to the bloods not good imagine you lived with them they're in your house you're like in the bathroom. They're like, you have that money yet? You're like, dude, I'm literally going to the bathroom right now. No, I do not have $50,000 in the bathroom. Okay, you better have it when you come out. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna have it. Well, you better. Blood's walking away. You're like, dang it, I need to move. And I need to pay them before they murder me. He first noticed this. Zyler first noticed he was being gang stalked and he was mowing the lawn one day. He doesn't say how old he is, but he talks about moving out, living with his brother for a while and moving back in. So I'm thinking, again, I, I, I almost don't want to give off guesses because if I'm right, he'll be like, oh, they know. I'm assuming though he's in his 20s, which I think is vague enough. Like to move out, you'd still probably be like 16 minimum. So I'm guessing in his 20s or something like that, but he's mowing the lawn just so you can picture him. I didn't want you to pick, picture Dennis the Menace smoking tons of weed, little third eye appearing. He's an adult, I would assume. Uh, he's mowing the lawn, and he this is the, this is when he realized he was being gang stalked. This is this this is how, as little as it takes. He's mowing the lawn, and his neighbor is walking down the street. The neighbor looks right at him and touches the tip of his nose, and kept walking. 
We don't know. I don't think he's still there to this very day. And some say on stormy nights, you can still see the neighbor with his finger on his nose. I'm sure, eventually he walked away. But that is when he goes, whoa, I think I'm being gang stalked. Like, why else would someone touch the tip of their nose? Which is so funny because imagine how many times you've walked down the street and you got caught in a spider web and you start like waving your hands away. And are people watching that being like, well, there's one of my gang stalkers. There's a website. Uh, I'll have to pull it back up, but it's where you can report gang stalkers it's insane you can send a photo to the webmaster and then they post the photo online because they want to stalk the gang stalkers or not necessarily stalk them but out them i think it's called out a stalker or something like that i'll put it in the show notes but there may be a picture of you online you may not know it but you may actually be a gang stalker you might be a gang stalker if you touch the tip of your nose jeff foxworthy's new routine he starts to see these patterns everywhere. These patterns are people touching their nose, a playing with their hair, fiddling with your pants. These are all things that everyone does, right? But apparently that is also a sign. doesn't say anything about fighting spiderwebs, so that, that's good. He also notices the color codes. See, a lot of times this will come up in gang stalking. Like, I see black cars everywhere, or I see white cars everywhere. Those two colors are generally associated with government cars. They're quite bland. His color code is burgundy. So he sees a lot of burgundy. Black and white. Okay. Blue. How many colors are you going to... Neon. Okay. A lime green. What? Bright pink and bright purple. So basically every every color, right? Other than red. Well, no burgundy. Any... Ugh. So basically every color. He's like, dude, you won't believe it. I cracked the code. If a carbon-based life form is walking on the planet, they're all part of the system. They're wearing any color. <laughs> we basically just have to wear ultraviolet clothes. But see, so obviously he knows there's going to be skeptics, so he drops some proof for us. He says, listen to this, guys, listen to this. He says once his brother, him and his brother are smoking weed. This is where he really talks about smoking weed. Him and his brother are smoking weed, and his brother gets a phone call, and his brother is on the phone for four or five minutes, and he's sitting there. And then his brother comes back into the room. He's, he, he nudges us. He's like, you guys wanted proof. We're like, did you expect your brother to enter the infinite void? Like, when he turned the corner, did you expect him not to exist anymore? Eventually, he's going to return, and Zyler's like, no, 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 no. He returned, and when he walked back into the room, it was 1044. That's the angel number. Did you know that? And we're like, what? No, you just can't drop in new rules. He's like, yes, I can. 1044 is the angel number. Is that a real thing? I've never heard that before. 1044 is the angel number. And he says, not only is 1044 the angel number, he sees that number on a daily basis. We look at each other, we're like, you technically, you should probably see it twice a day, right? That's not weird. That's not weird. But the pattern, see that pattern recognition. It's one of those things people go, why is it whenever I look at the clock, it's 11-11? Well, you're probably only looking at a clock twice a day, but technically, it's not. But you don't remember the times when the pattern isn't there. You could go, every time I look at the clock, 11 is somewhere in the number. So 9-11 or 11-10 or something like that. But it's because you don't recognize the times that you don't see. That is pretty common with a lot of these um, patterns and things like that. We only remember the stuff that sticks out. But that's not all. That's not all. His brother actually continues to torment him. He says that once his brother hit his phone, brother hit Zyler's phone in the back seat. 
And so when the car pulled up to the house, the brother jumps out and goes, hey, Zyler, don't forget your phone's on the back seat. And when Zyler is looking for his phone, which is actually a pretty good principle, honestly, because it's really hard getting stuff out of back seats, he says, well, I know why he did it. So he could give my mother the signal so they could start the whole interaction. He then turns around and sees his mom scratching her belly. Standard gang stalking tactic, scratching her belly. There's this weird fight that starts over a ball where his brother goes, that's my ball. I mean, I, I, I don't, the last time I fought over a ball, I was four years old. The brother goes, I, that's my ball. And he goes, no, that's my ball. And this fight developed over this ball. And then he goes, my dad walked by. My dad walked by and he was scratching his belly. So his dad, that was it. He realized that the whole ball argument, the mom scratching her belly, dad walks by, scratches his belly, doesn't think maybe the family has parasites, doesn't think maybe he should go to the doctor and have his belly checked out. No, it was proof. He then said that his mom goes, your ball's downstairs. And she points. She just points at the basement door. He goes, she pointed for like 30 seconds. I had to walk past her pointing arm just to go upstairs. And as I'm walking upstairs, because I'm not dealing with no ball stuff no more, my sister walks out of the bathroom wearing red. Shake my head. This is actually what he put. <laughs> a little SMH in it. So, so what this whole, so you're like, okay, his family is fighting over a ball. What's the point of all this? Like, why, if he's being gang-stalked, why is his family fighting over balls and wearing red? Well, with this thing, so they call themselves TIs, or targeted individuals. They believe that part of this whole gang-stalking thing, it's not like when an organization is after you. They are trying to get something from you. A government organization will kill you or throw you in prison. A criminal organization will kill you or kidnap you. That's not what gang stalking's about. Gang stalking's about driving you crazy. So they create arguments, they heighten your mood to try to make you kill yourselves or injure others. That's really what the core is at gang stalking thing. And sure, you can find government agencies that have tried to like spike people's water supply to drive people crazy. Fair. That has happened. Governments have tried to figure out ways to make people hallucinate and things like that. That's fair. Those type of news articles you'll see on the gang stalking subreddit. Those are fairly well known, I think, at this point. At least if you follow conspiracy theories. But that's not what this is. It's not like the CIA is like, hmm, how can we get this ISIS leader to give up? Does anyone know? <laughs> Does anyone know where his family lives? Uh, we have this huge wardrobe of red clothes. Maybe if they wear this and fight over a ball, he'll just kind of give up. Just kind of go crazy. You don't really see that, but that's this idea here. They're trying to be driven crazy with stimuli. They call it stimuli. So I'm walking down the street. I'm seeing all these people looking at me. I feel like I'm going crazy. I feel like someone's trying to make me hurt myself or others. And that's a big warning sign, right? That's a big warning sign. We all have been walking down the street and someone kind of pissed us off and we're like, dude, I wish I could put your head right through that window. Or if you're Superman, right through that lead wall. But you just kind of brush it off. Now, you may have a workplace bully or you don't like your boss and you feel that pressure rising, but then you're able to go home and kind of release that pressure. With someone who believes you're being gang-stalked, there is no pressure relief valve. It's constant. Because it's not like you go out and your boss is harassing you and then you're just like, ah, oh, just fine, I'll get another job. Or I'll just got a year or two left here and then I'll have enough experience to go somewhere else or whatever. 
This is everywhere, and the tension's rising over and over again, and you believe they are doing it to make you go crazy. And a lot of times in these statements by TIs, they will say, I'm not going to let them make me go crazy. I'm not going to let them win. But it's ramping that up, and that's what's troubling about it. That's what's really troubling about this. Is everyone who thinks they're gang-stalked violent? No. Is everyone who thinks they're gang-stalked prone to violence? No. But that ratcheting sense of someone's trying to get me to lose control, at the very least, it can't be good for your blood pressure. I mean, at the very least, right? It can't be good for your own personal health. What happens is you have people like this individual who may be totally fine, right? It's possible this is a total LARP and he's just making it up for the gang stalking subreddit. It's also possible that this person is going through some... Let's be fair. It's possible that his, his family's trying to drive them insane too. If I'm going to give monkeys don't exist an equal shot, we, we can say like just for the sake of argument, it's possible this guy's being gang stalked. I don't believe so. I think this guy is uh, smoking too much weed. I think he's self-medicating. Is the problem. I think that he believes, has this delusion of grandeur that he's a multidimensional being trapped in a 3D body, which is a delusion. And smoking weed's not helping that. And that's what's troubling about this whole thing, right? Is that it's one thing if you believe your neighborhood's checking in on you, you at least have that solitude of hiding in home. You may think there's cameras in there. You may not brag openly about having seashells in your vagina. But... You have a little bit of solitude. He believes the place where he actually lives is infested with gang stalkers. I think that actually raises the stakes. If he believes he's this multi-dimensional entity, I would assume he thinks that his family isn't, that he's better than them. Like, not just like I'm a better writer than my dad, like literally a more perfect organism than his biological family. That can be very dangerous. If you think your family actually works for a organization to drive you mad, even though you may keep saying, I'm not going to fall for it, I'm not going to fall for it, I'm not going to go crazy, how long can you keep that up? Because gang stalking isn't something that goes away. Let me rephrase that. Gang stalking, in this case, is imaginary. The feeling of being gang stalking never goes away. The gang stalking... If, if you took someone who believed they were gang stalked and moved them to a location where there no, were no humans, I believe they would still find a way to feel they were being observed. Because it, it is a delusion. It is a delusion. And the person who's being hunted down by the organized crime gang, if they move them in the middle of nowhere, they're like, oh, this is paradise. But this isn't that. And that's where we see a lot of the people go, well, you don't believe in gang stalking? Look at this article. And we're like, yeah, that happened. But that guy wasn't a multidimensional entity. That guy owed the mob money. Now he's a multidimensional entity because his spirit has left his body. But then he owed money to the wrong people. And he got stalked and they caught him and it had an end date. This idea of the government or whatever organization picking people and stalking them for however long just to make them go crazy, it doesn't hold water. I personally think gang stalking is one of the most dangerous conspiracy theories out now. It's just too many people, too many people believe in it. And while there have there have been cases of violence linked to gang stalkers, it hasn't been super widespread. Um, I think we'll see an uptick in it. I just think it's it makes you feel important, and it's super it's gr- just growing in popularity. There's enough news articles and, and stuff that pops out. That lends credence, like this guy was stalked for six months by this by this gang, and then he was killed. There's just enough 
which was a guy who owed money to this gang. There's enough stuff to keep it going, and it's based on violence. Gang stalking is about psychological violence trying to get me to commit physical violence. And it's rooted in violence. So the end result of that is, if they win, I go crazy and commit criminal acts. That's what makes this one dangerous, because that is a possibility. The possibility is they don't break, and they live to be 60 years old, and they just die of high blood pressure, right? That's one possibility. Or the other one is, in between the age of 20 and the age of 60, at one point, they go, you know what, I give up, the bad guys win, and they just blow everyone up. You don't see that in the truther movement. You don't see that in the flat earth movement. This one is either I maintain, because there's no way to defeat this faceless enemy. Either I maintain my sanity that is trying to be destroyed every single day, or I snap. That's not good odds for us people just walking down the street scratching our bellies, right? There's a mosquito on my arm. I slap it. Uh Uh-oh. I've just outed myself as a gang stalker. I think the chance of violence with gang stalkers is much higher than any other conspiracy theory. And the fact that there is a subreddit about it doesn't shock me, but it worries me. It is an echo. It should exist. I mean, I'm not trying to tell Reddit to take it down, but it's an echo chamber for people who, who feel isolated already. So they're communicating with other people who feel isolated. So it makes them feel like they're connected. But it's this delusion that is just so, so dangerous. So dangerous. So, Zyler, I hope... I mean, we joked a bit today. I, I hope... Uh, personally, I hope that it's a troll. Like, I understand gang stalkers around stuff like that, but hopefully you're just like, yeah, I just made it up. I just make fun of gang stalkers. That'd be the best thing. But if that's not the case, I hope that uh, you are you are healthy and I hope that um, you get the help that you need, whether it's to stop self-medicating, whether it is to uh, figure out another way to deal with some of the anger issues or whatever. Or if you need to go see a therapist, I don't know. Some people have issues with that. And that's fine, whatever. But just, th- this isn't real, dude. This isn't real. And uh, I just hope you're healthy. Whatever path you take to get to that health is what I would be great. And that everyone's fine. Because the alternative is not good for anyone involved. And it is a very, very dangerous and violent conspiracy theory that is based on maintaining your sanity Every single day until either this imaginary organization is destroyed, which is impossible because it's imaginary, or you die of old age. And uh, that's a long battle. It's a long, long battle. And uh, honestly, I don't think it's something that most people could keep up. That constant idea of being watched and not even have the safety of home to retreat to. Very, very dangerous conspiracy theory. Very, very dangerous conspiracy theory. And it gets more popular every single day. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. Twitter is at deadrabbitradio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys. Peace.